0: Have you ever wondered how families are qualified and selected for Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanities programs? Do you ever wonder what happens behind the scenes to make our homebuyers' dreams a reality? My name is Allie Parrish, and today on Episode 8 of Bringing Down the House, Jacalyn and I welcome Iowa Heartland Habitat veteran and guru, Mandy Mankey, our program director for the past 12 years, to share more about this very interesting process and why she is still working here after all these years. You will be inspired by heartwarming stories and learn about all the hard work that keeps this mission moving in our community. Stay tuned and please get involved with our local mission by checking out giving and volunteering opportunities on our website, WebuildHabitat.org, or on social media.
1: Well, hello there, everyone. Welcome back to this New Year's edition. Of Bringing Down the House, I'm Ja'Kalen Madison, alongside the Executive Director of the Iowa Heartland Habitat for Humanity, Miss Allie Parrish.
0: Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. We are in
1: 2021.
0: We are. I don't know how we got here. I don't either. I I can't believe we made it.
1: I don't think I made it. (laughs) I, I refuse to believe I'm in 2021. There's no way. We're still, this is like 2020 part two. Yeah. That yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that is what yeah, I yeah. feel like we're in right now. No,
0: you might be true.
1: I, I think I'm right. There's no way. There's <laughs> Not after what we went through last year. Oh man, Allie, I, did you expect this to go this long?
0: No, I really didn't, to be honest. And I've often looked <clears throat> back and thought about how ridiculous I was so many months ago to think that, we'd be so far past this but alas we are we are still in the thick of it so
1: haven't gotten canceled yet
0: no no there's
1: a letter coming I feel (laughs) I feel there's a letter coming but you know to all of our wonderful uh viewers and listeners thank you so much we greatly appreciate all of you uh just sticking with us uh being those tried and true listeners and and really just you know Coming along on this journey with us. Yeah. That's what it's been. Absolutely. It's been a wonderful journey.
0: I appreciate everybody's feedback. We always get such great feedback and response to how much people are really learning and enjoying it. And we love that. So we appreciate that a lot.
1: We really do. We really do. Well, it's new year, but we're uh we're still gonna keep some of the the same old tried and true things about this podcast. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's start with a good old mission moment.
0: So I'm so excited uh, today to share with you a mission moment. Um, well, I'm not really excited. I should say I'm not really excited about it because it's kind of a sad mission moment. But uh, today's mission moment is a shout out to a couple of key volunteers and Habitat supporters that uh, by the time the listeners will be listening to this episode, will have unfortunately moved out of our community. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Barb and Mel Busher today. Um, they are both... Uh, Great, great supporters of Habitat's work, um, both on the volunteer side of things. In the ReStore, Barb started volunteering in the ReStore several months ago, years ago. Now, at this point, right after the ReStore opened... And has been a, a great volunteer over there, cashiering and just helping out at the ReStore. And then uh, her husband, Mel, started volunteering out on the construction site, actually, um, right after retirement, about the same time, and has been out at least one day a week, sometimes two, three days a week um, for for years now. And they are sadly, Barb is also on our board, they are sadly moving from our community um, to go live closer to family, um, but they have been such amazing amazing um, volunteers, donors, supporters of our mission, and we are so, so thankful for them. Uh, we will miss you guys and thank you for all of your commitment, but it just kind of goes to show that um, when it really clicks with someone and with a family, um, just how deep the investment really can go and helping move our mission forward. So we thank them a lot. We're gonna miss them.
1: We really do, we really do. Uh, happy for the interactions that I've been able to have uh, with them. Uh, while well, only a handful still. Yeah. I mean, such such passionate people. Yeah. Such passionate people, and just giving so um, just so selflessly. Yes. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing that I always notice about them. So, yeah. yep. well, it's it, that is a a true loss.
0: It is a
1: true yeah. loss for habitat. But yeah. Yep. It's always good that we can highlight people like that for us. Yeah, we're thankful for them. <laughs> we are. We are thankful for our volunteers, but also, Allie, yes. we're also thankful for our staff.
0: We are so thankful for our staff.
1: Isn't that, I mean, you know, we talk about the staff, you know, we know Allie is the executive director, but there's also other people a part of this program as well, a part of this organization, and one of them is here with us today. Awesome. And I'm really excited for you guys to meet her. She is super excited to be here. <laughs> I mean, she is just bouncing <laughs> off of walls to be a part of this. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you Mandy Mankey, who is the program director for Iowa Heartland Habitat for Mandy. And she has been the program director for 12 years. Is that correct?
2: That's correct.
1: Oh, Yay. Oh, man.
2: Um, the fun part
0: is that uh, Mandy and I just made this connection today that... 12 years means she has been the program director at Habitat for literally half of your life, Ja'Kalen, and half of Nora's life, who will be joining us in a little while
1: as well. That, that's 100% accurate. <laughs> uh, and Mandy, if Mandy could pass out right now, she probably would. Which, and the
0: good part is, is that Mandy literally doesn't look much a day over twelve herself, so she's no, literally I mean,
1: Mandy been looks working like she's here. She's just like chilling in her mid twenties. <laughs>
2: you, you guys are really too <laughs> kind. You're too kind. Um, but another funny connection, I was. I was going on 24 when I started at Habitat. Crazy. So if anyone wants to do the math in their head, yeah, um, I was your still. guys' age when I started.
1: Wow, <laughs> She's still a baby. Well, she still looks like the yes. day she started. Just she saying. does. Thank you. Yes. So, Mandy, let's just jump right into the whole situation here. What do you do? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I'm the program director for Habitat, and I work with our homebuyers. I work with... I'm um, helping approved, qualified buyers for our program. I walk alongside them um, through their sweat equity and homebuyer education. And then at the end, I help them with their closing and dedication as they move into their new homes. Um, but the other half of my job is I actually work with the volunteers, too. I work on coordinating volunteer teams and helping schedule volunteers in the Restore. Yeah, she's
1: amazing. <laughs> I mean, she sounds amazing. I mean, good Lord. Allie, what do you do?
0: I, don't, I, mean, I just sit around and watch everybody else, what they do. If Mandy's doing all this, <laughs>
1: what is it you do? We might need to switch the roles here for a second. Good well,
0: Lord. Well, I, I will say everything I've learned at Habitat, I probably have learned from Mandy. So she uh, is responsible for me.
1: That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, you know, Mandy, you are a very instrumental part in this organization. And you deal with, truthfully, the families taking that next step into their lives. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, here's the thing. When I first started, or I should say not even first started, when I was first uh, just introduced to Habitat in the community, as a community member, uh, I thought, literally, that this was an organization that just gave homes to people for free. Mm -hmm. You went and you said, I want a home, and they said, all right, cool. Here's a home. Uh, And it wasn't until I joined the board and was more... uh, informed that there's a rigorous application process to actually become a home buyer uh, for Habitat. And that is all within your jurisdiction, correct?
2: Yes, that's correct. Um, I work with all of the applicants. The process, it's very similar to going to a bank and trying to get a traditional loan for a home. But Habitat has... uh, Different qualifications for our families who are applying, but they turn in an application. It needs to be complete with income verification, bank statements, tax returns. Um, we'll do a verification of rent with the landlord. So like I said, very similar to going to a traditional bank for a loan.
0: Yeah, and, and it is not at all. I mean, I was in the same boat as Jacalyn when I first started, and I really I didn't think that it would be so mirroring, you know, what a fin- financial lender. I mean, really, because Habitat is a mortgage lender. And in that process, you know, we really have to, you know, Mandy has to go through a training every single year. She is technically a mortgage loan originator. Um, she is our staff member. We habitats all across the the world now, or country at least, have to have a qualified mortgage loan originator on our staff that actually is the only person really and with a committee of mortgage loan originators that are allowed to to really make credit <laughs> decisions and make decisions on um, if the families, you know, qualify and things like that. So it is really, and that was not always the case, you know, with Habitats from the very, very beginning. So this has really moved from, you know, a lot more grassroots 40 years ago, even 30 years ago, 20 years ago, to more and more professional, more and more, um, very, very similar to to what a bank, you know, would, would look for.
1: This is interesting. Um, Mandy, first off, I just want to know, in your 12 years of doing this, has much changed?
2: Oh, yeah. Things have definitely changed a lot. Even like Allie was just saying with banking standards we've had to change i've had to do the mortgage loan originator training members of our selection committee have to be mortgage loan originators we are definitely held to banking standards and that you know it's taken the training to get there but um that's definitely different from when i first started
1: yeah and here's the thing you know that i don't know if i could be able to do it but you know you have these people that are coming to you for a home uh, but you also have to play, you have to put kind of like a, your banker's hat on and be like, all right, well, let's, let's look at this and be feasible and be realistic. So you have that family. You know deep down that this is probably the best thing for them. But then you also know financially this is not going to be the best thing for them. <laughs> Do you just say, all right, bye shoo them out the door? Or is there anything that you offer Habitat offers in ways that they could maybe improve their current financial situation?
2: Yeah, it's definitely, I never want to leave an applicant feeling like it was a flat out no. You know, I love to talk to our applicants if it's a credit issue, we'll discuss those. I'll give them tips on what they can do to improve their credit. If it's job history or their income is too low, I'll give them those tips. And then always invite them back to reapply um, in the future if they've been able to meet those financial goals.
0: Yeah. And, you know, that's that's all part of that application process that she was talking about. You know, we don't, we don't have a credit score that we're looking for. Um, a lot of banks and financial institutions would definitely have a baseline credit score that they're looking for. We do pull credit, but we aren't looking... You know, you don't have to hit a 620 or anything like that specifically. Um, but but Mandy will talk a little bit more maybe about specifics in the credit report that they're looking for. Uh, but we do a background check. You know, like she said, they have to have show proof of income, those kinds of things. So um, I'm going to let her talk a little bit more about specific income levels that we're looking for um, and what, what, sh- you know, what you're looking for on the credit report.
2: Sure. I'll just start with the credit report. Yeah. When we are looking at those... We want to see that if there's any um, derogatory accounts or delinquent accounts, that those have either been paid in full or that they're being paid on. There absolutely can be no judgments on the credit report. So if um, an applicant does have a judgment, we would need to see that paid off in full prior To moving forward with the application and other debts that are on the credit report, we want to see that they're being managed and paid on time. That's also why we collect the verification of rent, because we want to see within the last 12 months that an applicant is having good rental history as well. And then in terms of the income guidelines, we follow HUD income limits. So we'll look for applicants who are between 30 and 80 percent of the area median income. Um, And we get those guidelines every year from HUD. And then I would
0: also love you to speak on, Mandy, the other things that we look at during the qualification process. So obviously, you know, their their uh, their financial situation is one thing that you're looking at. But what are the other things that I know that your team really works hard to look at too?
2: Yeah. So the other side of that is we look for indicators of need for the Habitat program. And so things that would fall under indicators of need would be that a family um, is within the income guidelines. That they couldn't qualify for a conventional loan for a home. Maybe they're living with a relative or a friend. Um, HUD would define that as being homeless. Or maybe the current rental is too small for their family. <coughs> kids are of different genders and ages are sharing bedrooms, or three to four kids in a bedroom. Then we'll also look at like structural problems with the rental, like. Sometimes I've seen um, like a leaking roof or a basement that takes in water every time it rains or problems with mold and pest, stuff like that. We'll look at all those things as indicators of need. Mm -hmm. And then there's some things that the families
0: have to agree to in, in order to be a part of this program. I mean, that's also something that you're kind of watching, you know, I know during the application process, responsiveness and things like that. But can you talk a little bit about that partnership aspect too?
2: Yeah, if someone is approved for the Habitat program, They'll work with us building their own home and the homes of others, working on 300 hours of sweat equity. That would also include working in the Habitat for Humanity Restore and completing our home buyer education curriculum, which is... Ten weeks of education that prepares our buyers for homeownership. Mm-hmm.
0: So it's really a partnership, and that's one of the things that I've really loved so much about this program. Ever since I've gotten to be a part of it, is to see how we all have skin in the game. There's things that we have to promise to the buyers, but then there's things that they have to promise to us as a part of this process too. And um, and I think that application process really can help to identify. For even a family, you know, this is a big commitment. Is this something that they really want to do or can do or will do? And that what is the reason for that sweat equity?
2: (laughs) You know, the reason for the sweat equity is we don't ask buyers to put a cash down payment on the house. So their buy-in to the project is the sweat equity hours that they're completing.
0: And that's really what helps it to be, you know, affordable, you know, for the families from what I've seen, which which is really great.
1: Let me ask you this, you know, Mandy... What is the, if there is any difference, of me going through Habitat than me going through like a typical banking financial institution?
2: Sure. If you are going through um, a traditional bank, they are going to look for that minimum credit score. And, they're you know, they're going to look at your affordability as well and determine how much you could afford to buy for the Habitat program. Our loans are zero interest and they're sold at no profit, which is what helps keep them affordable for our buyers.
0: That can make a huge difference between what, you know, a family is able to afford through a traditional lender. When you add on the interest rate, even though interest rates now are so, so low, that, that even that little bit seems to be just enough sometimes to be, you know, deeming unaffordable for the family where they really can't qualify for a loan that's of value high enough that they could actually find, you know, a decent home to actually purchase. So, bringing that in, it really helps. And then then there's layering in that as well. So, there's the primary mortgage, which is the 0%, but then, you know, through Habitat's connections and relationships with other partners, we a lot of times can help to secure down payment assistance that can be forgiven and things like that, a lot of other tools that we have to help buy down that primary mortgage amount even further there in making it, you know, even more affordable for the family.
1: Mandy. And, you know, again, we, the three of us sit at this table and these are conversations that at some point we all have had. So, you know, again, just in case terms get thrown around uh, that we may be comfortable with, but you know, your typical average viewer may not, or listener, I should say, when you say that they're not sold for profit, what does that mean specifically?
2: Well, our volunteers, they're mostly built, or our our homes are mostly built by volunteers with the subcontractors work as needed. That really helps us keep the cost down on the homes. And then we're not tacking on extra fees or charging for labor and stuff like that. So we're not profiting off of those builds.
1: So the loan that they're paying back is literally just for the price of the home. Nothing else on top of that. No other... Uh, Not a single extra dime goes to Habitat for any type of profitable game.
2: What we do is we follow Habitat International's policy is that for whatever the home appraises for by a third-party appraiser, that is the sale price of the home.
1: Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. You know, I, uh, I, I honestly I don't know the last time I've ever, like... Actually sat down with Manny and have these conversations. So there's things where I'm like, "Man, I'm You're missing out." I know, right? You're like, man, I should have I should talked to Manny when I bought a house two years ago. Hold <laughs> on now, uh, but when I when I apply, I get approved. Does Habitat hold that loan, or does someone else hold that loan?
2: Yep, Habitat is the lender of the loans, and then we partner with Farmers State Bank. They do the servicing of our loans. There are a few exceptions
0: to that where um, sometimes in our rural areas outside of technically outside of Waterloo, Cedar Falls. There are some uh, third-party lending options that we have nowadays that we didn't always have back in the day that are still affordable. They're still subsidized um, that do carry a, a small interest rate um, that we can use through USDA. And we have started to uh, take advantage of those uh, for our families in the in the more uh, outside Waterloo, Cedar Falls metro area. Uh, but that just allows us to get then paid back for the cost of materials quicker. If then the loan is actually through a different party, a different uh, financial institution, and then we have more resources to you know help more families that way. And then eventually, you know, every once in a while we will sell uh, a few of our loans to other lenders. Um, we don't sell a huge percentage of our portfolio, but we do sell, sell some of them, and they are still service the same way, and and everything is still the same for the family. But we, we do that a little bit to allow us to have more resources back up again more quickly. Because some of these home, home loans are 0% and they'll take 20 to 30 years to pay back. So, you know, we will sell a few of them.
1: And so, and so just to reiterate that, the selling of the loan that you have is not any type of profitable gain for no. Habitat. It's literally just so that we can have some quick cash... To go back and put it back into the community.
0: Correct. So it just, it allows us to get paid back for that loan, that loan in, in total right now, as opposed to, you know, incremental payments over the next 20 years or whatever it may be for that particular buyer.
1: Makes sense. Makes sense. So, all right. So I've applied, which typically how long is the application process?
2: Um, the application process, it can take about a month or two depending on if we need to collect more information and then getting the selection committee together to review the applications and then it goes to the board of directors for a final approval so i usually tell folks about 30 to 60 days on that but i do always keep them in the loop on where we're at like this is the next step this is when we're meeting you know stuff like that
1: and those board of directors you know, who knows <laughs> who knows when they finally make a decision on things <laughs> man so i get approved we go through all of that, and now I get a home. Now, do I get to, like, style my home? Do I get to, like, you know, put, like, French doors? Or, like, how does that process work? <laughs> I'm so just wondering.
2: So let's backtrack a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's kind of, he's yeah. a little bit oversimplifying. You, but You yeah. are. <laughs> so you've been approved for the Habitat program, and you've started on your sweat equity hours, and you've committed 100 hours of the 300 sweat equity hours. And now it's time to pick a home assignment. So we will take our families to the locations, neighborhoods that we're building in. We'll let them know the sites that are available to build on. And then from those sites, they get to pick where they want to build their family home. And then usually about 30 to 60 days prior to construction starting, that's when we'll sit down and pick out the cosmetics for the home. It's one of my favorite meetings to have with families because I think it's It's a good sign that things are really going to start rolling for them, but they'll get to pick out um, things like siding and countertops and flooring and paint colors and stuff like that. It's usually like a really fun meeting.
0: It's so much fun for the rest of us too, to see Mandy (laughs) busting out all of her decorating (laughs) questionnaire, little tools and and boards and all this stuff. And we know it's, it's coming on decorating day and getting to pick out some of those things and how much joy it brings her uh, because it brings the home buyer so much joy, which is super fun.
1: I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I, also, I also love decoration, so <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, <clears throat> Mandy, now we've talked about the good, uh, and I would be remiss if we maybe didn't talk about the bad, per se. So, for instance, what happens if a family gets into a situation where they can't make loan payments back?
2: Well, like we said in the beginning of the interview, we do have to run like a traditional bank. Mm -hmm. And with Farmer State Bank doing our servicing, if um, a buyer gets behind on their loan, they will get some standard late notices and then delinquency notices. And if they're not making their payment on time, that will negatively affect their credit. But the flip side is, if they are making their payments on time, that's going to help their credit as well.
0: And yeah, and it's it's a, it's always a difficult uh, part of it. It's the it's the worst part of it. You know, for us, we know life gets in the way. Um, I know that. You know, Mandy and and I really try to manage expectations on the front end of things so that we're very clear throughout the entire process and through their homebuyer education um, what's going to be expected of them. They know that they're going to be expected to make their payments in full and on time, on what day, and that that's going to be something that they need to be prepared for. We know that their mortgage amount is based on an affordable level below 30% of their gross income, which is to be deemed affordable. We're, we're taking all the proper precautions on the front end to ensure that this mortgage payment won't be a cost burden to these families. And so um, with all of that preparation, we want to manage those expectations. And so if a family was to, you know, end up with a, a difficulty on the back end you know, we definitely want to know what's happening in their lives. We want them to communicate with us and and keep us in the loop of what's going on. Or if there's a reason, if there's any kind of assistance that we can point them in the direction of um, of other partners in town or what have you to get some assistance, uh, we do that. And ultimately, give them every opportunity to succeed at the same time limited opportunities in a fair way. Uh, they know what they're, what they're going to be expected to do. But we do try to work with the family as best we can if they ever find themselves in those situations. But we have had a few families, uh, seven in total out of the 175 that we've served so far that have ended in foreclosure, which is never what we want to see happen ever. But, but you know, life gets in the way and sometimes that's just the reality.
1: That, that is sometimes the reality. And like you said, life gets in the way or sometimes a global pandemic gets sure. in the way and i know that um just as an organization from board meetings that's some things that we've talked about before uh and i think that i think it, it's helpful to uh our listeners and to those that are unfamiliar to know that yes we are you know we we were we would we would blah 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 blah, 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 blah. tongue twister <laughs> Uh, we run things uh, like your typical financial institution would, but at the same time, mm-hmm. we also are aware that things happen. Yeah. So we're not just gonna, you know, shut you out in the rain right. and say, well, figure it out for yourself. We're gonna try and help you.
0: Yeah. We we use uh, every tool that we possibly can. Um, to help families, and yet I'm so proud of the families in our program. Proud of Mandy. Proud of her team and their selection process. You know, really, we don't have to employ a lot of tools uh, to keep these families on track. They really do it themselves, and they do a fantastic job um, doing that. So it's it's so successful in the long run. I
1: love it. I love it, Mandy. What other things? First off, do I if I am looking to apply, do I just contact you directly or
2: if you're looking to apply, um, call the Habitat <clears throat> Office. Now, something we haven't really talked about yet is that we actually have a waiting list to apply mm-hmm. for the Habitat Program. Um, there's almost 300 names on the waiting list just to make an application.
1: Yeah, It's like season uh, tickets for the Green Bay Packers over here. Good Lord. <laughs> might as well sign yeah. my kids up today before they're even born. Oh. <laughs> Those
2: are good points, Ja'Kayla. <laughs>
1: Those are interesting points. I do
2: say I would say good, but... That's a, whole yeah. diff-
1: that's a whole different podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Whole different podcast.
2: I think, though, the waiting list is a good indication of how much need yeah. there is in our community. And, you know, our affiliate, we're doing eight to ten homes per year. Mm-hmm. And so the weight to get into a habitat home, it could be substantial. And
0: we are honestly working, you know, definitely get your name on the list and you can do that through our website or we're contacting Mandy. But we are working really hard also to to try to figure out efficient and cost-effective other solutions that we can help families make progress toward home ownership in different ways. Maybe where we're not having to build the house, but helping in a lot of different ways. So that's also in process too. But Mandy, before we have to wrap up today, I would love if you would share maybe any story of transformation or, or how you've really seen in 12 years, we can talk about all the specifics and the technicalities around mortgages and all those kinds of things, but that's not at the heart of all of this. And what, you know, has anything really stood out to you, um, seeing families' lives transformed in the 12 years that you've been with Habitat, what's really stood out?
2: Yeah. You know, when you asked me this question in the email, I really thought about it and I had, I have one specific example that keeps coming to mine, But it's also overarching for me mm-hmm. is the buyers who maybe weren't approved the first time around and then have done things to either improve their employment or um, fix their credit. And then they come back and they get approved again. I knew them from the first time I walked along with them as they made these fixes and then to see them move into their house it just brings me so much joy oh my gosh yeah
0: like and I've seen you go through that process and watching it even as an outsider um you know or on the sidelines or what have you I can attest to that 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 I, I that I know that that really resonates with you um and it does with all of us you know because that really demonstrates the heart of our buyers that they are determined um and that you know it just hearing the no once, you know, could really and and rightfully so could really, you know, send someone into a negative direction and it's so inspiring to see the people that are like, okay, all right, I'm back again, I'm back again, you know, and um the third time maybe is the yes and it's it's so cool. So I I agree with you there. Um and you know, the other question I kind of have um, is why have you been committed to this organization for 12 years? Because you're an anomaly having started right <laughs> out of school, um, you know, and every there's hard days. Like we have really hard days and this job is, is so inspiring. And I, and I know it is, but I also know it's, it can be really hard having to tell people no, having to see waiting lists pile up to 300 families. There's a lot of heaviness with it as well. And you could, you could just go be a mortgage loan originator or a bank and just, You know, you don't have to care, you know, or whatever. I mean, not that those people don't care. They do. But, um, you know, but why have you been doing this? Most people don't start a job at 24 and are still doing it 12 years later. So why are you still with Habitat?
2: Honestly, I think I drank the Habitat Kool-Aid a long time ago. (laughs) And I think I just, I love Habitat because it's a model that works. Yeah. I mean, I was, when I was thinking about things I wanted to say for this podcast, I'm like, I have been around for over a hundred houses. Like I've helped over over a hundred people buy most of them their first home, most of them their forever home, and uh, I get chills yes. just thinking about it. I think you know, I have a helpers mentality, and that is what I went to school for. And I was lucky enough to land the perfect job yeah. out of school. That's awesome.
0: Well, you have done an amazing thing for for those hundred families in twelve years. Thank um, you.
1: Yeah. And, I mean personality wise, I can't think of a better person. No to, to, to sit in that role uh, okay. than Mandy. I would love I would love to hear no from you. I mean she would she would be able to say it in a way where I'm just like, okay, that's fine. Like it, it, it would be so warming. I mean, you would be the, you're just outstanding. It, it's, it is outstanding. Thank you for everything. Well, thank that you. you do.
2: I definitely I don't like to give people no. I like to encourage them mm-hmm. to these are the steps you can take to get a yes. Honestly, Mandy has the absolute perfect
0: balance of heart and yet these are the rules, you know, like um, <laughs> probably that I have ever seen like she if she can do it with grace and kindness um, and yet also, what's good for the family is to is to hold them accountable um, to and help them to learn what that means. Um, and she's absolutely fantastic at that. So we are very blessed.
1: Well, Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mandy Mankey, the programming director, <laughs> sorry, program director for Iowa Heartland Habitat Free Mandy for 12 years. Half of my existence on this earth. <laughs> Andy, do you want to stick around for a little trivia?
2: I would love to. All oh, right.
1: You say that. You say you would love to. though, just wait. Just wait. So, All right, Miss Nora, what do you got for us?
2: I'm back with
0: another question, but this one I think Mandy might be the best person to answer, which would be great, but it is a little bit tricky. So we talk a lot about affordable housing, and that's kind of what we're doing. So I want to know if you guys can tell me what the average cost for a mortgage monthly payment is in the US. Oh my good grief.
1: I well, hold hold on. <laughs> oh, time out. So much just happened in my brain. Oh gosh. Okay. And
2: she just put Mandy totally on the spot to know <laughs> the right answer. <laughs> okay, And I do want to say, like this is not a fair question because the housing market in different areas. I don't even know how you can come up with an average for an entire country.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I really do think that the point of this trivia is to make us look as stupid as <laughs> you ever
1: made possible. Oh, we've been doing that since day one. We've been doing that since day one. Okay,
0: so what I think in fair, are you okay with are you with us, Jaqueline? I to you recovered? I don't.
1: <laughs> My brain literally just exploded. He just
0: literally does. Like, just like been in his head, his ha- head has been in his hands since she asked the question. I can't, I can't
1: function. Oh
2: my okay, gosh. so we're gonna let Mandy take a crack at this.
1: First. I feel like it's the price is right.
2: <laughs> okay. I I want to start by saying I have no clue.
1: No one does. Man. <laughs> but I love how you have to, you don't have to put that pre-qualifier on it. Right? <laughs> no one in this room has a clue.
2: But here's here's my thought process, and I don't even know what I'm basing this on, honestly, <laughs> that maybe if the average person is spending 250 on a house, their payment would be around 13, 1400. Okay, okay. I, I don't could, know. Yeah, I could. <laughs> that's
0: fair. That's fair. I'm gonna, uh, okay, so we got a 13 to 1400. I'm gonna go, ooh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go 950. I'm going to 950. Okay. Um,
1: I don't even know. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. I'm going to say 1250
0: Okay, so that just shows how much of a problem that this is. You all were low. So in ah! the U.S., the average person pays more than $1,500 a month, according to the U.S. Census
2: Bureau. Wow.
0: Holy Crud. I
2: mean, I can imagine that, though, <laughs> when you think of, like, the housing market in, like, California uh, or, like, D.C., and we're lumping it all into one yeah. average. But that is so much. That's a lot of money. That, that is, is a lot of money. so
0: much. That just goes to show you why our program is so important, because our families don't pay even anything close to that. I
1: don't that's even, crazy. I, I, Ja'Kalen's still in shock. I Well... <laughs> He I, hasn't even recovered from the question. I haven't recovered from the question. My right leg fell asleep during that. So, like, I'm, I'm dealing with, like, this weird, like, I feel like in one of those commercials, you know, it's like, you have psoriatic arthritis? I, like,
2: I, I there's so
1: much happening on this side of the podcast right now. Nora, you have
0: eff- effectively broken Jaqueline. Yay! I, I,
1: I can't do it anymore. I I can't do it anymore. 2020 part two, ladies and gentlemen. 2020 part two. Well, uh, yeah, you say good times. We're only in January. We're only in January, Miss Allie. Oh, man. Well, friends, thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Bringing Down the House. Again, big shout out and thank you to our guest, Mandy. Uh, And again, thank you for everything that you do at the organization. Uh, Nora, you and I are going to have a conversation after this podcast is over <laughs> about our questions going forward. Uh, but until then, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Ja'Kalen Madison. She's Allie Parrish. Thank you so much for joining us. And we will see you right here next time at the same place that you